Hello. Hello and welcome. It's Mark. It's Trucking Answers Podcast. It's the podcast that other trucking podcasts listen to to decide what they're going to talk about. I'm here with Gracie, my co-host, who's having some breakfast early in the morning today. I want to welcome everybody back to the podcast where you get me only through your ear hole. You don't even have to look at me, which is the way people prefer it. All people around the world. So today we're going to talk about some trucking news, some automotive news, and in the third half of the show, we will get to a reason why we do not live on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? Because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot people on this planet that waste our time and money, use our resources, when uh, it's questionable that they should even be here, and we, so therefore we can't go live on the beautiful red planet. Local Mars weather provided by NASA and the NASA Mars Perseverance Mission. Today, weather on Mars, high of 6 below zero and a low of just minus 129 degrees. Not bad. I think we can make it work. I'll tell you what, considering some of the things I've heard here, that might be better than where we are. Hey, if you're ready to get started trucking, you want to get back out there on the big road, you want to launch your career the right way? You can. You can. Let me launch it like an Artemis rocket. Oh, wait. I guess that's not a good example considering what happened this weekend. Either way, launchwithmark.com. Go there. Get your career in trucking started. So I want to give you a story today about someone I talked to last week at work. And so I'm coming out of the uh, office and one of the drivers is going in and we're talking about some of the runs and the run that she's doing which is really doesn't pay, you know, anything, uh, in my opinion, because she's on one of these goofy mileage runs plus stops, except she goes home every day, and which I never think is a good idea. And so I'm like, you know, we're ta- we're just jibber-jabbering and talking about the runs. I'm like, you know, your run it only pays $20.21 an hour, which is what it comes out to. And she's like, no, it pays so much a week. I'm like, no. Like, you don't get it. You need to figure out what it pays an hour. And because of the hours you're putting in on it, it doesn't pay anything. They're not giving you enough money. And she's like, and this is the problem, okay? This this is the problem, not just in trucking, but overall. And this kind of thinking is why you don't make as much money as you could make. Okay, number one, because you don't figure out how much you make an hour. All right, you'd be really surprised. Some people in the single digits. But... uh The other problem is this kind of mindset of what she said, which is, oh, you probably just need to make more money than me. This pays me enough money. And that's the problem. You know, that's the communistic, you know, from each according to his abilities and to each according to his needs kind of thing. And so I said, so if you didn't have any bills, would you mind if they paid you minimum wage for that run? And she's like, oh, you know, I don't think about it like that. And I said, you should. And see, when someone will accept low pay, way lower than the run should pay, because they personally don't need the money, it doesn't encourage the company then to pay you any more money or really to pay anybody else any more money. And I don't think that matters. Your personal needs and bills 
should be have no bearing on how much you make at your job. Okay, they don't pay you based on the bills. Otherwise, I'd only hire people that came in with a paid-off Yugo GVL. Okay, and thinking, oh, these people don't have a car payment. They live in a $200, you know, uh, roommate situation. So that's who I want to hire. No, that's not how you should think about work. You know, your job pay is not related to your bills. Okay. The job, any job, should pay, you know, the wage that the job pays, and then you can work your life around that, I suppose. But to say, oh, well, I take this money because I don't need any more money just depresses the entire industry. Oh, well, that's all I need, so I'll just take this crap job that, you know, where I have to work 65 hours, you know, a week and make, you know, 1000 bucks or $1,200. No. That's not how it should work. If you come into a place and you're an experienced driver, you know, they need to pay for that. They're getting a service. That's what they're paying for. They're not paying because you have bills or you don't have bills. Oh, well, I have a $2,700 mortgage, so they need to pay me more. No, your bills aren't related in any way to what your job should pay you. Let's see, when you have this mindset of this, this is enough pay, then why should they pay any more? You know, I see it from the business side of it. Oh, well, she never complains about her pay, so why should we give her any more money? Right. So why should they give her more money? Because they should pay a fair wage. I suppose somebody's going to say, well, Mark, whatever someone accepts is a fair wage. I suppose. I suppose that's true. The thing is, when you do that, you just depress the entire industry. You depress everybody else's pay. It doesn't make the company... Uh, do any better and that could be anywhere whether you're a dishwasher or anything else that's why we see now what in the last several years here places are up 40 50 percent fast food net was you know 10 11 dollars an hour now around here we're as high as 16.50 for fast food depending on the shift that you work and where you're working with sign-on bonuses why because people are no longer accepting 11 dollars an hour so they're paying what they need to pay to get people but if you go into a place and go, well, you know, I got an old crappy car that's paid off. You know, it's 23 years old and uh, I live in a hovel down by the railroad tracks, you know, in some shack with a bunch of people. So I don't care what it pays. That's ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. You don't put any value on yourself. And that's a shame. People need to highly value the experience and time that they are giving to a company. Your time here is very limited. I cannot impress that upon people enough that you only have a few years on the planet. You know, you really don't have that much time. So when a company wants to take some of that time from you, yeah, or you're willing to give it, right? Because it's a, it's a, um, you know, a co-mingling kind of thing where they want your time and you're like, okay, I'll give you some of the time of my life which is what you're giving up a percentage of your life to work instead of pursuing your own things that you want to do, then they should pay for that. Number one, for your time, and then for your experience. What do you bring for that time? First off, they're just taking your time, and that's worth something. Okay, time is always worth something. And then all the experience that you bring to the job and all your work ethic and everything else. 
and that time needs to be compensated. Always have this discussion. Hopefully, this person listens to the podcast, right? You know, that people, you know, that are paid hourly or whatever waste time. Well, for example, this last week, I had to sit and wait for a trailer one day for seven hours. <laughs> I sat for seven hours waiting for a trailer. Do you think that time should not be compensated? Guess what? It should be, and it was. And guess who was on duty? I got to say duty. Guess who was on duty for seven hours straight on their log? Me. That's right. This guy with the two thumbs. Right? On duty. Just sat there on duty. I sent him a message. The trailer's not here. Oh, hang on. It's coming. It's coming. Whatever. I go, All right. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. And so I just sat there. Because you know why they have to pay for that? Because they're taking my time. Because I'm not doing any work right then is not my problem. If they need me to sit there, that's their problem. It turns out where I went, a trailer was coming up to me from Tennessee somewhere, I guess. It hadn't even left yet when I had shown up at the place to pick it up. That's their problem. Why didn't they say that before I left? Oh, you don't need to come in. You can come in seven hours later, right? They could have done that, right? I don't know where the trailer is. I don't care. It's not my job to find out. It's their job. So because of that, I had to sit there and it ended up, by the way, at the end of the story, that I couldn't get back. By the time I got there, I couldn't make it back. My clock would have run out, which I told them while I'm sitting there. And so they had to send two more drivers down i made it another like 90 minutes <laughs> there i'm like and that's it i parked again I'm like now we're done which they knew in advance because i told them and so they had to send two drivers to come and get me one to bring another driver to come and drive that truck back while i just sit there and guess who gets paid for all that time me again because you get paid until i get back no free time, right? And just like no free lunch. So all that paid. And it turned out to be a pretty good day of pay, although a rather long day. But nonetheless, all paid. And I want to know from people, don't you think that should pay? Or do you think the time that I spend waiting there for the trailer shouldn't pay anything? They're taking my time up. Okay, which it did pay. But all of that is on them. I had nothing to do with that. I have a dispatch time for that. I show up at that time. I get my stuff and leave. They had all the opportunity to say, hey, this trailer's running late. Don't come in. Whatever. You know, just do whatever. You can come in later. They didn't do any of that. So once they send me, I'm going to get paid until I get back to my house. And that's because they're taking my time. I value my time, and so they're going to have to give me money for that time, or I'll no longer give them my time, regardless of whatever bills I might have. I drove to work in a paid-off car, but that doesn't mean they don't have to pay me. They can't go, well, Mark, your car has been paid off for many years, so we're not going to compensate you. That kind of thinking is stupid. It's just stupid to think... Well, you know, I can live on $800 a week, gross, so fine, that's all I want. No, that's not how you should consider your time at all. Your personal bills have nothing to do 
with your compensation at all. Okay, when you're going to get a job and decide on whether the job is a suit for you based on its pay. You know, like take your time. All right, how much time are you going to take from me? All right. Here's what I'm bringing. Here's the experience level is up here and uh you know, I'll always be at work, all this kind of stuff. You know, therefore I'm not accepting under this amount. Period. Regardless of oh, everything's paid off or I have 12 car payments. None of that matters. What matters is here's what this pays to me. Okay, if you don't pay it, then I'll go somewhere else that does pay it. But don't ever look at your bills and say, oh, well, you know, you, I don't have any bills, so they don't need to pay me much money. That's stupid thinking. You don't have any value on your own time. I'm pointing at my brain right now, which is tiny inside my gigantic noggin. And um, I'm, saying, I'm saying, look, to have that kind of thinking, I don't know where that comes from, but I want you to get it out of your head right now that uh, I don't need to make much, so I'll accept less money than this should pay. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. And the other thing is if they make you do something, whatever a company makes you do, you should get paid for it unless there's some kind of issue that is your fault. So if your time to leave is noon and you don't show up till three, that three hours when you're running late, that's not paid time because that's a you thing. But if you show up like I show up at my dispatch time and I go where I'm supposed to go and they drop the ball and have no idea where the trailer is, where the load is, just sit there and wait for it, then that's paid time. That's paid time. And by the way, that's on duty time. That's how I logged it. That's how you should log it. Waiting for dispatch is on duty. I have to sit there and wait at the truck stop for it. Guess what? That's on duty. I can't just go roaming around town, go to a movie or whatever. Here, they don't even allow PC here at all. Okay, it's not even in the log. It's blacked out of the uh, log that we use and because they don't allow it. They're like, you can't use the truck for personal use. Fine, it's their truck. So, therefore, I can't just go take it off. They don't want you abandoning the truck somewhere or whatever. So, I got to sit there. That's paid. Number one. Number two, that's logged on duty. And I know people are screaming at me, well, Mark, I get paid mileage, so I need all that time. Well, again, you choose that, right? You choose to say, all right, I will take a job where if I don't get any miles, I don't make any money. You shouldn't do that because time is what you're giving. Time time all of your time you got to get out of the thinking of mileage you'd start thinking time how much time am i giving to this place all of that time needs to be compensated that's a big 75 cent word but that's what we're going to say today pay for time and i don't feel bad about it at all and I don't feel like I took advantage of the company at all because none of it was my fault or even in my control. If they say go down here and bring this trailer back, then I'm going to go down there and bring a trailer back. If it isn't there, why should that affect my pay? 
That's what I'm saying. That should have no effect on my pay. So if the if it takes me seven hours longer that day, really it took about 10 hours longer because they had to come and get me also. All that time is their fault. None of it is my fault. Therefore, all that time is pay for them. Now, if I screw something up, okay, I'll go along with that. Like say you're somewhere and you go to sleep for three hours and then they have to come and get me because I ran out my clock or something like that because of something that I control. That's different. I think that's different. But this all, everything that happened, everything that went wrong was something they did. Therefore, I get paid, period. And the day that stops is the day old Marky here gets on to a some kind of website and starts looking for somewhere else to work because compensation's got to come this way. It's got to come in the old pocket for Mark, regardless of whether I got a paid off Sonic or a brand new Jaguar. That doesn't matter. What matters is they're taking my time and I expect to get paid for it and I will get paid for it. See, I expect it. And so when that doesn't happen, then we got to go somewhere else because I'm not going to go work and uh, take the attitude of, well, uh, you know, I'll I'll accept you know four hours and then twelve fifty an hour. I don't accept that. Okay, uh, they're taking my time. It needs to come back this way. Simple as that. That's my story, uh, and I'm sticking to it. As you know, when you get a semi, it may have one of several engine options. You know, you can have a Detroit in it or Packard or whatever engine. You know, drive line Detroit everything. Well, Toyota said, hey, you know what? We can build a drivetrain for trucks, too. And so I read a story about this T680 that Toyota has. They've got several of them, and they have put hydrogen power in it. That's right, hydrogen power. So what do they have in it? Now, remember hydrogen, too, right? You remember hydrogen problem, Hindenburg? Okay. So, you know, they have the Murai, which is a hydrogen-powered car that they sell in California because of the infrastructure well they have now a hydrogen powered semi toyota will not release figures on how much power it has nice also it's backed by a four speed automated manual transmission right four speed don't you love that now the article i read they only drove it around bobtail and said it drove okay yeah that's not going to be enough gears to get 80,000 pounds rolling down the highway. And Toyota says, for this one, range 300 miles. Okay, what do you think about that? 300 miles? Is that going to be something that is viable? I don't think so. That's really not even enough for a local truck, depending, you know, it's going to have to be very local. Very local. You know, uh, and 300 miles... That's it. So you're empty. And it's not like, oh, I'm at 298. I'll just stop at this next exit up here. Where is hydrogen fueling? Where can we fill this thing up? Well, if we Google up public hydrogen fueling stations, they're all in California and there's maybe two dozen of them. There aren't any listed anywhere else in the country. I suppose if you wanted to, you could put in a private hydrogen fueling station at your company terminal. But that seems like a lot of hassle. And do you think the local Kenworth dealer is going to be able to fix this thing? 
probably not because how many are there? This is the problem of switching to these alternative fuels, you know, alt.fuel. That there's really nowhere to go with it. And a four-speed is not going to cut it. All right, I don't care what Toyota says. Mark, Toyota is reliable, whatever. And uh, that's not going to cut it. Plus, 300 miles of range, that's nowhere near enough. And it's got six tanks of hydrogen in it. So that should be lovely in an accident or anything like that. Now look, for a while, I drove a couple of CNG trucks. I tried a few of those out. They're horrible. Okay, compressed natural gas, they were terrible. And these are trucks that you can buy. And there is some public fueling infrastructure around throughout the whole country. If you Google that up, there's some around. And they were terrible. 220 mile range, uh, slow, loud, just horrible. Horrible. I don't care what Cummins says. That CNG engine, terrible. All right, that's my opinion of it. From driving them, personal driving of them hundreds of miles, they're terrible. All right, and I cannot imagine this being any better especially with a four-speed behind. They're going to have to figure that out. They're going to have to mate that to a lot more gears that they expect to pull any weight around with this uh, truck. Maybe they just use this to drive around, just bobtail around in it. You deliver packages like an envelope. Otherwise, no point to it at all. It's not ready for prime time. Maybe they're thinking of what Gavin Newsom said, the illustrious governor of California. What about two weeks ago now, they said... Starting in 2035, gas-powered car sales will be ended. Internal combustion. Now, let's get this straight that that doesn't mean you cannot keep your gas-powered car. Okay, just new car sales will end. You can sell used ones, okay, and you can keep the one you have. But they will end new car sales. Now, what I couldn't find out is if you um, move... Or if you buy a car from Nevada, let's say, say you live in California, but you buy a car in Nevada, you can also buy a car somewhere else. Will they let you register it? That I don't know. And I assume that if you move there from Nevada, you already have a car, that you'll be able to register it there. That's what I assume. Not sure about that. But what he said that a couple weeks ago, and then what they come out with last week, what does he say? Oh, by the way, don't charge your electric car during these hours because there's too much strain on the grid and also set your air between 78 and 80. That's the request of the state of California. Excuse me? Excuse me? I don't understand it. So here, you're going to have to buy these cars if you live in California and you can't charge it. Well, they're not, they're not, um, let's put it this way. I don't ever want to say things that aren't true. So they're not saying you can't charge during those times. They're requesting that you not charge during those times because of the strain on the grid. There are only 5.6% of all new car sales, electric cars. In California, it's like 23% of new car sales right now are fully electric. Okay, the highest in the whole country. So that's... <laughs> Less than one in four new sales are electric, and it's only a couple of percent of the total population of cars. And already, already, they don't want you charging them. They're like, oh, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't charge them. I think that is a huge problem. I keep explaining to people how much power they really use. Each one is on many houses worth of power inside the car. And what the governor has said, because they asked him, hey, what's, what's the dealio? He goes, oh, well, you know what? These cars, uh, you know, in the future, they'll put power back in the grid. 
Yes, some vehicles will put power back in the grid, but you have to have the uh, infrastructure in your home to allow that to happen, and that is an extra cost to you, which they did comment. Yes, it would cost homeowners extra, but you know it would help the grid. Well, you know they're gonna they'll probably I assume in California mandate that that homes built after 2035 also will have to allow for electric vehicles to put power back in the grid. And if you upgrade your house, all new permits will mandate this as well, which is an extra cost to everybody, of course. <clears throat> and the real cost of this, we all know electric cars are expensive, meaning they cost more than you can get a gas-powered car for. There aren't any spark-priced electric cars around you know the average electric car now is almost sixty thousand dollars at sale price and that's really something and who does this hurt right people that don't make that much money so if you're on the bottom end of the spectrum uh, of money not any other spectrum you're gonna have a difficult time because there'll be less and less gas-powered cars for you to choose from which will you know increase their price because people will want them and then electric cars because of the demand you won't have any choice but to get one their price will go up this just hurts poor people this just hurts people trying to start out young people right and, or you're downing your luck or something you need a car it's going to be very difficult for you to do that that's why i really encourage everyone to move out of california people don't for some reason they stay there you know paying three thousand dollars a month for a one-bedroom apartment but they don't and so then the, and they keep electing goofballs like this. You know, I would really like the country to, you know, California to split off and become its own country. Really. That's what I'd really like to do. But this kind of thing is just stupid and it just hurts people at the bottom. And it isn't right. You know, it's just, if you got a lot of money, it doesn't make any difference to you. Right. If you're making a million dollars a year, you can just go get an electric car. No problem. But for the rest of us that actually have to work for a living, it makes it very difficult. So I don't like that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, that should be up to the market. If electric cars were so great, people would just buy them. They'd already buy them. <clears throat> Shouldn't have to be forced into it by the government. But I love the, the fact that, you know, in the afternoon, hey, turn your air up, which is not happening. Did you see that too? Oh, this is not even car related. So, oh, what, what state was it? I would look it up, but I'm just too lazy to do it. So this was in the news. Some state, I can't, maybe Texas. I'm not going to say a state. I don't remember. I already said a state, though. Mark, you said a state. I know. I know. All right. Stop having conversations with yourself. The electric company. Hey, you guys. The electric company turned up everybody's power at their house. Everybody's uh, air conditioning temperature on their house because the electric company controls the meters in, and it controls your thermostat. And so people were all horrified by this. And I thought, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, it turns out this is what people signed up for. Okay, be very careful what you sign up for. For discounting your electric bill there, people agreed that if there was stress on the electrical system, that the electric company could turn up the temperature in your home or presumably down in the wintertime. They control your thermostat, and you couldn't override it. Some people's thermostats have been set at 84 degrees, and it was hot. That's why they'd set it up, because there was strain on the grid. And the people were all mad about it, because they couldn't turn it back down, and it was hot. That's hot. That's the thing. 
When you allow a utility to control your temperature, this is what you get for a little discount. The discount is $25 a year on your bill, $100 initial, and then $25 a year. It's $2 a month. Like, who's going to do that? Apparently, a lot of people did, and then they're griping about it. And the electric company said, hey, everybody opted into this. I wouldn't, okay? Nobody controls that temperature here but me. If it costs more, then I get to decide if I want to pay it, if I'm going to turn up the temp. Look, 84 is hot for the cat. I'd be worried about the cat, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, it would bother me. I leave the air on for the cat if I'm not here. So am I the only one that does that? I don't know. Let me know in the comments. There's no comments on a podcast, Mark. I know. They'll have to write to me at mark at truckinganswersnation.com. But all that stays on for the cat. And I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not about to sweat my life away here you know, at home because the electric company can't handle the grid. Okay. Incru improve your system. But I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty funny that people were coming home and their house is a thousand degrees inside. And they're like, Oh, that thing I signed up for actually happened. I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. First really a pittance, $2, 50 cents a week, 50 cents a week. You're going to let the electric company control the temperature in your house. What if this happens at night? That's what I'm thinking. So you go to sleep and it's nice and cool in your house, 72 degrees. And then you're sleeping. You're like, you wake up, you're like drenched because the electric company had some kind of problem. And so they turned the temperature up in your house. It's all humid. And you're sweating to death in your own house. So I wouldn't like it. And uh, they don't offer that kind of thing here, which is good. And even if they did, I wouldn't sign up for it. So there you go. Now we head to Florida where it is nice. It's hot and it's humid there. We know that. The good thing is when you live in a cinder block basement apartment, it stays cooler because you're below ground level. You don't even have any windows because you're so deep into the earth and a hole that's been dug into the earth where you can live. These cinder blocks are sweating because it's so humid and hot out. But you're like, hmm, I need to go and get myself a super big gulp. This, by the way, this is not sponsored by the 7-Eleven Corporation, okay? Although it should be, because I'm a huge fan. So, you decide, but you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait in my Cinderblock apartment because 10 more minutes until the end of Sally Jesse Raphael. So you go at 2 p.m. You leave because now the show's over. You don't want to watch the next show, right? You're like, I'm so hot. I'm going to go down and get me something to drink. That's what you say. So you leave. You have a car, surprisingly. And you leave. And you're like, I can't wait to get there. I've got to get going because I'm so hot. I'm so hot. You're thinking about how hot you are. Because your car doesn't have air conditioning. And neither does your cinder block basement apartment. Although you do have a small metal fan that you purchased at Goodwill for $2.75. Plus tax. Unfortunately for you... The popo is waiting and they come out because you're going too fast and they pull you over. Oh, no. You're like, oh, drat. That's the kind of language that you use when you are this kind of person. So they pull you over and uh, you're just chit-chatting, license, whatever. And they're like, hey, come on, get out here and talk to me. Because sometimes they do that. I don't know why they do that. but So you're standing there next to your car and the officer's like hey what are you doing why are you going so fast or whatever they say to you and it's so hot you're sweating you're like i can't believe how hot out it is you know how is this officer dressed in all these clothes 
and I'm sweating to death. So you, of course, do what dudes do. You grab your shirt right in front of you. I'm doing it right here. Can you see me? And you wipe your face off. You pull your shirt up and wipe off your face. Right? Wipe the sweat off your face. And then the officer's like, whoa. Hands behind your back. Turn around. What? Oh, right. You forgot that you have a bag of a white substance with pills in it taped to your chest. Huh. Oh, can you believe you forgot that? Dang it. But when you lift your shirt, the bag is clearly visible. <laughs> yes. This is a real story. And this person was arrested for possession of methamphetamines. Love it. Why they're taped to his chest? I don't know. It doesn't say. It doesn't say if he's a mule. It doesn't say if he's just an idiot. Maybe you didn't have room in your pockets because of your belly lint collection that you keep with you. I have no idea why this would be. He lifts his shirt up and then there's a bag taped to his chest. The officer's like, oh, I think I'll arrest you. <laughs> Tested meth goes to jail felony. Okay, beautiful. And it was a lot. Apparently it says it was a large quantity. I don't know what that means though because, you know, they don't when they don't want you to know how much it is it was a large quantity you know I, i'm picturing like one of the super ziploc bags that holds like a gallon of water or something i don't have any idea just i just don't understand it you know if you're gonna have this stuff and i see this because we watch on patrol live every week right which is a great show on reels you should watch it if you have reels if you don't go get reels channel and watch it i just don't understand people when they are committing crimes when you have drugs when you are an idiot, okay, do not speed. Do not drive without using your turn signals. Make sure all your lights work on your car. What are you doing? Okay, you're you're attracting the attention of the police and this person in jail. Now, the problem is, now we got to pay for this person. And do you think this is the first crime this person committed? No. I'm going to say no. Okay, I bet rap sheet long. So, more cheese sandwiches. You know, more dried just bread sandwiches. I got to provide for this person. They got to be put in jail. Now we got this apartment that needs to be released, you know, which is probably an illegal basement apartment, but it, somebody's got to lease that out. We got to tow this guy's car away. They'll sell it probably the police department or keep it as some kind of drug car. Just ridiculous. Okay. Moral of the story. If you're going to tape drugs to yourself, do not lift your shirt up. Okay. So in front of a cop. All right bad idea idiots now i can't go live on mars where it's just slightly under 100 below zero because of idiots like this all right so that's the story today to launch your trucking career to get started trucking launch with mark.com you want to write to me give me a story what's why are we not on mars mark at truckinganswersnation.com have a great labor day i hope you're getting paid holiday pay today because this is going out on Labor Day, and uh, we will see you on the next podcast.